Thanks for joining us for season four of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, my brother from another mother, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. Hey, thanks for that uh, kind, warm introduction, Jimmy. Your mom made me do it. Yeah, and to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, Jimmy and I are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, I got to tell you, this is a very, very exciting day, and it's an exciting show. I want to start off by telling everybody that um, we have launched a, a phenomenal e-commerce discovery platform called the Branded Marketplace. Jimmy, the brandedmarketplace.com is a place that every operator can go and find technology solutions and innovation within our space. And we're super excited because we have now close to 200, 200 uh, phenomenal companies onboarded that are just waiting to get some inbound emails so they can tell you what they do and show you how they're solving problems. So if you'd like to get on the marketplace, Jimmy, all you got to do is email me at marketplace at brandedstrategic.com and I'll get you set up. And it's really easy. So Jimmy, it's exciting, right? I'm, I'm busting. I'm, you know, I was excited about it, you know, bringing our guest and remember and when we had a hundred companies on there, Jimmy, now 200. I remember this was an idea. I remember this was barely a PowerPoint presentation. So, so we're making progress. I remember when 1968, when you were born, Jimmy. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, you were, you were there. Yeah, thanks. All right. Listen, we appreciate uh, the announcement to our listeners about the, the marketplace and there is really great things uh, to come from that entity. I want to jump into our podcast today, but before we do, just for those of you, particularly operators listening to the show, stick around to the end. We have a very exciting offer to share. The generosity is overflowing here at Branded. So stick around to the end and, and you'll, you'll hear the incredible opportunity we'll be announcing at the end of today's episode. Okay, today's episode, our guest is our friend and hospitality expert and extraordinaire, Mr. Tom Racine. Um, Tom, uh, we've known each other for a while. None of us are newbies to this space, which I enjoy with knowledge is cumulative uh, and education is expensive. Uh, Tom, you got a lot to share with our with our listeners. So why don't you take a moment, uh, give a background about yourself and what is happening over at Racine Hospitality, my friend. Well, a little background about myself, guys. I, um, we've, we've chatted over a couple cocktails, but uh, basically I've been in the business forever. Um, you know, I definitely was there in 1968. I think that's when you said you were born. I was around for, for a few years for sure. However, I, um, I, uh, I, I started in the family business. You know, my family had uh, owned restaurants for many, many years in New York, upstate New York, in the Bronx. And, um, you know, afterwards I had uh, – you know, moved out to Las Vegas, where I was the uh, vice president of food and beverage and retail and entertainment for many, many years. I worked for uh, 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 MGM Mirage, MGM Resorts for about 21 years. And then after that, I uh, ended up uh, partnering with my good friend Steve and his wife Carissa with Sugar Factory. And uh, we ended up doing a bunch of stores together. And here I am today. You know, I'm I'm uh, enjoying the uh, enjoying the ride. And here we go. I, I make it short and sweet so that I don't bore any of the any of your viewers. You know something, Tom? I've spent many a nights drinking uh, beautiful cocktails with you. You could never bore anybody. But thanks for giving us a little background there. Let's before we take a a, a deep dive into our episode. Let's just talk a little bit about how you went 
from your background at MGM and your food and beverage experience and how that led you to the sugar factor, which, uh, you know, everybody, I, I think everybody, every listener here uh, knows how fantastic the sugar factory is. Uh, everyone knows those giant cocktails. I think you got like little ducks or something floating around there on the logo and smoke coming out and you see the Kardashians drinking them and all every rapper and TikTok star. And I mean, you know, my kids are obsessed. So I had to go from MGM, your food and beverage, your family's in the business a little bit. And then how, how did the sugar factory even come about? Well, there was a time, uh, a time in around 2010, I believe, where, you know, I, 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 I had pretty much been there and done a lot of the things in the casino, uh, gaming, uh, hospitality business. And I was thinking, Hey, listen, I want to, uh, I was going to go start a brand, uh, myself at the time I was working with Carla Pellegrino. I'm not sure if you know, Carla, she, uh, she worked with me at Tropicana uh, resorts. That's one of the things that I had, you know, left out. So I don't want to, like I said, didn't want to <laughs> bore your viewers with the resume, but Carla and I were going to, uh, start, a uh, Italian spot together. And um, one day her and I uh, went up, uh, mm -hmm. went to our friend, Steve, Steve uh, Davidovici, who is a, um, a good friend of mine who we've known each other for many years. And we started chatting about, we started chatting about doing a space together. And we ended up doing a space together, the three of us. And that's how Steve and I uh, got together originally. And at that time, at that time, Steve was doing uh, sugar factories. He is the founder, him and his wife of sugar factory. At the time there was one location at the Paris hotel. And then, and then, uh, you know, we worked well together. Uh, from there, what had happened is Steve and I ended up getting a space in New York city and, uh, on, in meatpacking on Gansevoort and Greenwich. It was about 3000 square feet, uh, all of 3000 square feet, including the kitchen and everything. Um, we started the brand in New York City. That sounds like a small place for the sugar factory, oh, right? It was super small. It was seriously super small. And I remember the day we opened it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I put every last dime that I had into this and thinking to myself, how are we going to make any money out of this small space? So um, it, it, it ended up being a huge success. It ended up being a smash. I, I, I remember the first taxi cab that drove up into uh, the store that specifically came to the sugar factory in New York. You know, that aha moment when you go, you know what? People actually want this brand. People actually want to do this. So, you know, um, uh, it was a it was a uh, a juggernaut there at that little space in New York City on Gansevoort and Greenwich. And we ended up being we ended up uh, propelling the company forward. Uh, really from that little space in New York City. And, and then from there, uh, we did the bigger store in, in New York, which is uh, was on Washington and um, 13th. We're right across from the Standard Hotel. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from there- How much was, bigger was that? How big was that store? That store was a little bigger. It was about 7,500 square feet. It was a little over double the size. And All right, well, we now we're starting to get there. Yeah, we could have starting to get there. We could have <laughs> used we could have used 10,000, 12,000 square feet there. It was a it was a huge hit. Yeah. It was it was a huge hit in New York. So, uh, and it still is. Uh, Queens just uh, is opening this week. There's a a store that's opening in 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 Queens at Resorts World. Uh, beautiful, beautiful store. Next generation sugar factory. And um, mm -hmm. the brand is spectacular. You know, the brand really has uh, a lot of sizzle. Uh, one of the reasons it has a lot of sizzle is because 
you know, uh, Steve, who was in the nightclub business at one time, uh, really did a good job. I have to give him all the credit, really. He really did a good job of putting together a lot of elements that came from the nightclub business and added them into the restaurant business. And, you know, from the things that we have done in the past, as far as operations, we were able to, you know, we were able to meld things together to, to really appeal to, uh, you know, a, 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 a customer, you know, uh, real, really appealed. And it appeals to a younger demo. It appeals to an older demo, mm -hmm. uh, who doesn't like candy, who doesn't like fun, who doesn't like having a big drink that smoke comes out of and tastes delicious. Jimmy, candy. Jimmy doesn't like candy and he doesn't like fun. <laughs> Jimmy's never liked candy. He's never liked fun. So the finance guy just became the curmudgeon. Well, <laughs> he, looks, he sounds like a fun guy. He's a fun guy. Hey. When don't let the looks fool you. He don't like fun. <laughs> so let me ask you, Tom. So when did you recognize? So that was your second store, yeah? Yeah. When did you recognize this, the the Instagrammable aspect? When did that start taking off? Because that's what I recognize. It just was like, I mean, you could have had your own like TikTok channel or something. Well, I have to say, I have to say that, you know, the, the product speaks for itself, right? So so I remember sitting in the small store and watching everyone pull out their phones. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, you know, before Instagram and Instagram and social media marketing and all that great stuff happened, and now it's a, now it's a strategy. At the time, it was just put out the best products mm -hmm. possible, make them visually appealing, make them fun. And naturally what it ended up happening is people would pull their phone out they would take pictures and they would post them and wow i mean it was 2000 it was you know at the time it was 2012 2013 so to be honest with you it, it, it although yes we wanted it to to hit social media it wasn't like the strategy was to go out and do this instagrammable thing however you know what I mean by that. You know what I'm saying. It wasn't sure, like, yeah. you know, okay. It was organic, man. It was just really was sexy at, stuff. People at, like, holy. Right. And at, at, at first, you know, at first, truthfully, you know, from from uh, the nightclub business that, that Steve was in, he had always used celebrities as a good, um, you know, good way to uh, convey the message, you know, and to get the message out because it definitely is appealing and and it grabs attention so combine that with colorful fun delicious sweet alcohol uh celebrities uh excitement you know you end up getting a fun place it's not like the normal restaurant many a times i th mm -hmm. i say to many people it's not just a restaurant it's it's definitely an experience and and that's what you have to create these days to attract attention because no one wants the same old, same old. Everybody, everybody, you know, you have to have great food, you have to have great product, but that experience is what people are 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 coming in flocks to. So, so um, yeah, it was mm -hmm. at one point uh, meatpacking. They do these surveys of how many how many Instagrams or how many posts come out of a particular area. At one point, Sugar Factory, and it probably still is, Meatpacking was the number one venue in the world, not the country, in the world for, um, you know, for po uh, Instagrams and posting. So, you know, that was a great platform for advertising, and it, it really propelled the brand forward. Thank you for all that, Tom. 
I um I appreciate that you guys a clarify that the cocktails that you're referring to are not during the podcast. Um, I appreciate that with some cocktails we had previously together because earlier uh, in the show, you guys were talking about cocktails. I'm like, man, I'm listening. Oh, no, I have a cocktail right now, Jimmy. And how come I didn't get a cocktail? I didn't get. I didn't get one. I also brutal. I really appreciate your honesty. I totally would have gone with the uh, the Instagramable strategy was was from day one. You knew experiential and Instagramable strategy was part of the uh, the core of the Sugar Factory. But again, you're a straight shooter as you've always been. Telling it like call it like you see it. Um, I want to um I want to jump into something we always feel like we're uh, very lucky and fortunate on the Hangout uh, to break news and to share new things. So while we may not be the first ones to be sharing it. Rumor has it that you've traded your operator hat for an investor hat, and maybe you have a new technology and innovation kind of invention that you could share with our listeners that is pretty exciting. Well, thanks for asking, Jimmy. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so over time in the hospitality business, you know, we all have challenges that we need to overcome and you have ideas and you you think, uh, you know, how do I make this better? How do I make that better? And um Many, many years I've been struggling with how the point of sale system has always upgraded. There's always been a bigger, better, uh, badder, fancier point of sale system. And however, however, as much as the calculator has gotten better, the means of uh, administering and keeping cash safe has always been the same because, you know, the cash drawer opens and it closes and many people have the opportunity to put their hands it and count it and touch it and manipulate it. So I thought to myself, uh, how can we do this better? And I had this idea about, I, I went to the ATM unit, I went to an ATM unit and I said, well, if an ATM unit could do this, why can't I figure out a way to do this at the point of sale, have money go in automatically and have money come out automatically. So I created something called the automated till register, the ATR, not the ATM, but the ATR. And what the ATR does is it is your cash register at your point of sale. The only difference is, is there's no drawer that opens. There's no drawer that closes. So when you do a transaction, it's 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 automated. You put money in the slot and money comes out of the slot at the bottom. And it, it's a closed transaction from the moment you do the transaction. And not only is it a closed transaction, however, at the point that you put the cash in, it's now deposited into your bank. It is now uh, gets provisional credit. It's basically like putting it in your smart safe in the back of the house, except you're doing the transaction in the front of house. And even better, no employee, no manager will ever have to touch it. What will end up happening is your cash and transit company, instead of picking up the money at your safe in the back of the house, they're going to go directly to the front of the house. They're going to take the cash, replenish the cash. So when you think about it, from the moment you do the transaction, no one from that point on will ever touch your cash again and you will get immediate credit from the minute go. So, you know, when you think about it, it's a pretty simple idea, frankly. However, it hasn't been done before. And I believe that I truly believe that as, you know, as this goes forward, I truly believe cash drawers, as you see them now, will be replaced forever. 
That's that's awesome, dude. I love it. It's definitely always been a problem in the uh, in the hospitality space dealing with cash and and theft and loss and this and that. So um, excited to see how this progresses and moves along. But certainly seems like uh, you're solving a problem. And I love Jimmy and I love when uh, when fellow operators are 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 solving problems that, that they see in the market themselves. And I think it's uh, it's going to be a terrific success. So we're super excited about seeing uh, how, how this works out. Shifting gears just a little bit, I want to talk about a pressing, pressing issue, and that's labor. Despite the, uh, the, there's a tremendous difficulty getting jobs in the hospitality space, can we just touch a little bit on your experience right now with as the restaurants, as Sugar Factory continues to open up, are you seeing uh, a problem getting people back to work in, in your restaurants? What, what, are you, what are you seeing out there? And, and what kind of tech are you using or what kind of things are you doing to help solve for this labor shortage in the restaurant space right now? How are you finding people? What kind of things are you doing? Well, uh, it's the biggest problem is I think we all know finding people to, to do the jobs. Um, uh, we all know why. We all know, uh, you know, the subsidized uh, uh, payments going to people and and their choices of staying home instead of going to work. But it's a major problem. It's a major problem when you're when you're operating an existing business, and it's an even a bigger problem when you're you're um, expanding and growing during this time. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have to tell you, I've never seen anything like it before. I I, uh, I sugar factories blessed because the team members do very well. We have great volume, great business. So from the front of the house side, our uh, getting getting people to work as a server, as a bartender, as anybody who get in a tip position is actually not as difficult as it is getting a person who works maybe in the kitchen, on the line, right? Uh, you know, as a host person, they make a lot of money. The sugar factory, right? Yeah, you know, the truth is, is that the team members make great money, and that hasn't been as challenging, right? But those most, you know, the 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 positions that, you know, especially in the cook world, especially in the host world, especially in all the worlds that it's an hourly rate, and yes, we're all being competitive and paying people fairly, and even going above that, but the ability for someone to go to drive Uber or someone to go and do other things that they make their own schedule has really changed the way the employee thinks. And uh, we have to be creative. You know, being creative is comes in a couple different obvious forms, uh, but it's definitely all about pe- treating people correctly. And that's a given. However, you know, the team members have to want to work. And that seems like right now the biggest challenge so you know what ends up happening uh jimmy and Chatsy, is that we end up doing the work that's what ends up happening <laughs> we end up doing the work because there's no one else to do it yeah let me ask you something you bring up a good point i've been seeing some some chatter uh, about uh changing some rules regarding tipping and labor uh that seems to be getting some discussion now more than i've seen it in the past and the conversation now I'm going to open a can of worms here is should should we be sharing tips? Should tipping be shared amongst the entire um, workforce in a restaurant? So should a line cook be able to share in a tip pool 
and and a and a and a dishwasher, or should only be front of the house. What do you think about that? I mean, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, me personally, I'm 100% for that. I, it's a team effort. You know, there's no question. It's a team effort. You know, I don't. I have never really liked the system as is. It's a system that's again age old. You know, we we keep doing the same things we've always done, so people are used to it, and and that's the biggest issue in most of the things that we do. You always do the, what you've done, and you always get the same result. Um, changing that and the laws that 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 are placed, you know, in front of us, make it challenging for us to make these changes because of all the, you know, all the regulations that 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 are put in front of us, but. Without a question of a doubt, you know, I, I will tell you, I, I will take a, a good – and I hate to say this and I'm not trying to offend any servers because I've served in my life. But I would take a good busboy or a cook over a server any day <laughs> to be honest with you and only because they're the gut. I'm being serious, you know. They're the – they are the engine. The Hangout does not endorse anything our guests say. I'm, I don't – listen. I'm a server. I can say that. I'm in the business. I can say that. I don't mind pissing off servers. I don't. What I mean, I'm being serious, that a buster, a, a runner, a line cook, a host person, you know, those people are the guts of what happens and and no no, no one can really perform unless they, they, they are on their game and, and that's where – the engine rolls. So I'm 100% a proponent of sharing with the entire team. Um, so to answer your question, I think I did. Probably going to piss a lot of food servers off, but so be it. Yeah, no, no. I, I, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I, you know, I, I, it's an interesting topic. And I thought that I started seeing chatter about that. I just was, you know, wondering if, if, because you said that like some of these people that were in uh, hospitality, Maybe they're like, you know what, I don't have to stand by, you know, in a kitchen to make that kind of money. I can go kind of, uh, you know, drive an Uber or do other types of things for the, for similar money, more money or the same or whatever. So it's just an interesting thing. And I wonder if, if a change would, would change people's uh, views about some of these hospitals. The world is changing. Yeah. We better catch up to it because the world is changing. I, I, get, I get into a lot of Ubers. I talk to a lot of Uber drivers. Many of them used to be cooks. Many of them used to be bus people. Many of them used to be host people. And that is really, really, really one of the major, in my opinion, one of the major issues um, uh, in the gig world today, you know, in the gig economy. Um, no, thank you for all of that. And, and Tom, you're clearly and without a doubt a, uh, a hospitality, an old pro. And I do not mean that uh, from an age perspective, just your experience. And that and that really puts you in a unique – Emphasizing the old. I heard it. You were emphasizing the old. The experience. The experience, my friend. Uh, and your unique position uh, okay. as a result of your, uh, your time uh, in the market because um, you've been an operator both uh, – BCT and ACT before computer tech and after computer tech. We're, we're coining new acronyms here. Can you share with us, um, you know, and for our listeners, what you feel has been the biggest tech improvement uh, over the last, say, two decades? Well, um, you know, definitely guest tracking, definitely guest communication. It's very, very easy for a guest to provide communication to you. <laughs> and it's very, you know, it's very um, easy to, you know, communicate back. I think the, the feedback world has been one of the biggest, you know, th throws forward. Um, 
I think some of that comes with benefits and a lot of it comes with major challenges. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody in this world is a food expert. Everybody in this world is a restaurant expert because everybody goes to restaurants. Food critic now. Yeah. <laughs> so not, not only do you have, you know, your, 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 your paid, uh, critics that work for different publications, but you have mm -hmm. your everyday uh, human who comes to guest, who comes to dine with us, who loves to give feedback. And, and I think that that has been uh, uh, one of the biggest throws forward um, in the past 10 years. And again, I do believe it comes with its benefits and its challenges. However, you know, there's a lot of other technologies, as, as you know, you guys are the ones who do this every single day. And I, I see a lot of the technology that you are involved with, many of them, automated types of things that uh, will help hopefully reduce labor. Uh, that's one of the things I'm focused on with Tilpro is to reduce theft, to, to reduce labor, to actually eliminate theft and streamline processes. So, um, I believe going forward, we're going to have a lot of automation. Some of it's going to work well. Some of it won't work as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we have to make sure that we don't get too automated to take the flavor out of what we do. But, um, but um, yeah, feedback to me has been number one. Yeah, you want to have uh, remember you're going to have like Rosie the robot from the Jetsons. Like that's your server. It's just going to be like a robot. Well, the, I hope not. But I agree. I hope not. Yeah, but automation is coming. Before we go to the next segment, which is uh, – uh, it, it's a great one. Um, I just wanted to ask you, um, as a fellow operator out there, and and I know that other than cash disappearing and uh, and hopefully – and I know that uh, Tilpro is going to solve that. But outside of cash disappearing, what's, what is the one thing in hospitality right now keeping up at night? Well, um, we talked about it a little bit already, the, the, the getting talent, you know, finding talent. I believe the hospitality leadership world, there's a big void in the leadership hospitality, in, in the world of leadership. Um, uh, taking the commitment and the responsibility of a restaurant, you know, to be, to be a restaurant general manager, you're not just a restaurant guy. You're a business person. You're a, uh, you're a psychologist, you're a coach, you're a <laughs> accountant, yeah. you're everything under the sun, frankly. And I don't think that you're a, you're a policeman. Sometimes <laughs> you're a policeman sometimes, you know, <laughs> and what keeps me up at night is you know, finding those qualified leaders who can lead the business, uh, especially when you have multiple locations, uh, uh, and 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 you know that's that's going to be a challenge now, and it's going to be a challenge going forward and in years to come. But um, I think it all leads into the talent and and recruiting world. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. All right, let's jump in. I, I rarely get a shout out from Shatsy about my segment being even interesting, but he he threw it. To I me. didn't know how to, I didn't know how to segue into the you know into that question, so I just threw it in there. Nobody likes the segment. You didn't, you didn't really mean it. You just <laughs> you just you just couldn't figure out how to transition to this segment. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Well, I love this section because you know while we started the podcast because we liked bringing on guests and getting to ask them questions, um, we learned along the way that some of our guests have questions for us. So uh, we're kicking into 
uh, the section we call Talking Back, uh, where we offer our guests a chance to ask us questions. Uh, nothing is off the table, Tom. So the microphone is yours, sir. What do you got for us? Okay, here's a tough question, guys. You're involved with a lot of great technologies. Yes. Okay, yes, so we are. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'm going to ask, ask you which you. of our children we like the most. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, you said any question. You can ask any question. Any question, my friend. Any question. Bring it. Bring it on. If if you were going to open a restaurant, okay, if you're opening a brand new restaurant, out of uh, the technologies that you're aware of, which technologies would you implement as must-dos in one of your new locations? It's a great question. It's a fantastic question. Shatsy, as our restaurant guy, do you want to – do you want to take a stab at this, my friend? Listen, right now, I think uh, for us in, in our business in New York City, it seems to me that in 2021. He's stalling, Tom. He's stalling. Well, no, but I'm going to tell you, in, in a full service restaurant, I still go the, you know, the obvious answer is just if you open a restaurant today, it starts with right now, it starts with you have to pick the right point of sale system for your restaurant. And, you know, you have to find what's right for your restaurant based on, are, is this a concept that you are going to be one and done? Is this a concept you're going to plan on growing? Are you franchising it? What are you going to do? And you need to, right now, we are still, uh, we are still living and dying uh, with our point of sale system. If the point of sale system is open, open API, you can add a lot of bells and whistles and a lot of features if you don't. So I think that today you still got to go with ma- – Make the right choice on your point of sale is still right now today, still the most important decision you make for the restaurant. You know, Tom, uh, Shatsy's like like the Teflon Don right now. Uh, we've made 24 direct investments and we've never invested in a POS company. So Shatsy took a, a path that he can't offend anyone because of the 24 companies, he chose a segment of the market. We've you not like how we did that, Jimmy? I You'll like how we worked that you know, in there? I, I respect it. I think you may have had a perfect answer, but, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to respond and try to do so succinctly. But I'll say the following. Um, I once joked with my older brother about, you know, hey, which of your kids you love the most? He's like, you can't ask me that question. I love my kids all the same and you love my kids all the same too. But of the 24 companies we've invested in, they're not my kids. I can rank them. Um, but you didn't ask me to rank them. You asked me to choose if I was opening a restaurant today, what would I be focusing on or what, what's the key tech? Um, so leveraging off Shatsy's answer on the POS, I will tell you that today what matters to me the most is our engagement with customers and the, and the optionality of which we want to engage with our customers. We are now competing for share of wallet and the competition is fierce um, because there's so many other ways in which uh, customers and guests can can consume uh, F and B outside of of our restaurant or away from our restaurant altogether. So to me, um, the word I'll use is bundled solutions because for us to operate successfully, we've got to have a tech stack that communicates with each other and delivers the the results that we need. So leveraging off Shati's POS, it's one of the POSs that would be an open API and welcoming best in class tech. And then I'm pretty thinking, sure I said that, Jimmy. You definitely didn't say so open you're API. basically just taking my answer. You didn't say open API, but I, I, but I would say it's the it's the. Can we look the, back at the tape, please. It's the tech that is working with represents our brand and is on our side. 
side. It's the white labeler native delivery uh, company uh, that also focuses on loyalty um, and focuses on digital marketing. So for us, it's a go parent. Um, it's a targetable for, for, again, targeted digital marketing. It is the guest experience and letting them order and pay uh, from their phone like a B-Bot. It is the ovation uh, with, with feedback, you know, the, the customer feedback. I'm getting there. I'm got give me give me, how long how long is the show? How long is the show? <laughs> it's the meme of the recipe on the inventory. That's five. Uh, you got twenty you got nineteen you go. more companies to name. Uh, we're good. My point is <laughs> He's like, my, I, we're working on it. My point was um, we are the competition is fierce, the margins are certainly being challenged, and we're leveraging a blend of human capital, which is critical for our full service restaurants, and tech that really emboldens the guests to have a great experience with us. So that was my long, not short, not succinct, but my long answer to your question. Yeah, Shatsy, I'm, I'm throwing it back to you for the top of the tech stack. Four and a half minutes, Jimmy. Four and a half minutes. That's what, that's what the feedback says. We always get that feedback. It's a great answer, Jimmy. As always, your answer is better than my answer. But I will say on this one, on this one, I think you pretty much took stole my idea. But anyway, let me listen. Let's go. Let's continue with this this theme and let's talk. Let's talk tech stack. So, Tom, as an operator, what is the most important? I feel like we kind of answered this a little bit, but I'm going to ask it again in a different way. And outside of um, what, what do you think the most important technology? If you had to give an operator and say, operator, I need one technology right now. I already have a point of sale, right? I already have Till Pro, you know, making sure that no one's stealing my cash, right? So I already have those two things. What is the next most important piece of technology an operator has to have? You already got the POS. You already picked it. I got Till Pro. What is the most important piece of tech I have to have in a restaurant? Well, uh how about uh, the reservation system? You know the reservation system and and how how you you know collect data. So um, uh, as far as from Love your customers, data. Um, and well, you're getting again, Jimmy excited here. The data play, he loves that stuff. <laughs> yeah, the you know I, I I think that the ability for your guest or your customer to find you easily to order from you, to buy from you easily, and to facilitate that. You know, there's there's so many integrations that are coming down the pike, you know, with the reservation systems into the POS systems into every other thing. Um, however, you know, what's interesting to me going forward is how do we address the labor issue and how do we do that so the guest doesn't feel it? How do we do that so the guest doesn't feel like they're getting a robotic experience? And I think everywhere in back of house, everywhere that's not a touch point for the guest to feel that, you know, some kind of sterile experience. But I'm talking about, you know, things in the kitchen as far as ways to be able to minimize the amount of labor and skill needed in the kitchen, whether it be, you know, fryers that are automated to a degree that you have less mistakes, or maybe there's uh, burger cooking systems, as you've seen some of these grills that allow you to cook to a temperature and not go over medium. And, you know, you have your mediums and, you, you know, all of these fun things that really cause the establishment of very a big issue. You know, what's the worst thing that happened on a busy night? Oh my goodness. My, uh, my burger came out well done. It was supposed to be medium. It throws the restaurant into a tizzy. How do we, when I say automate that, how do we safeguard against those things to where 
we're really using technology to our advantage, you know, and those are the things me personally, I'm looking at in the business that I'm in. Yep. So um, to answer your question, automation, I'm going to sum it up with automation. Amen. Automation. automation. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. Our crystal ball moment, a chance for all of our guests to put on their Kreskin and Miss Cleo hats and predict the future. Tom, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? I just told you, Jim, you can have robots all, all right. over the place. What's the matter with you? You're not oh, listening? I, so I felt like I, I wanted to – maybe he already answered it. I'm sorry. You're shaming <laughs> that Robots Shitty. everywhere. I'm going to go the other direction from automation. So what I'm going to say is, you know, oh. being being old school, being old school as I am, I come from the world of tableside cooking. I come from the world of making Caesar salads in front of the guest. I come from the world of, of you know, doing the, you know, cafe, you know, the, the souffle, the souffle. you know, the old school stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. And when's the last time you've been to a restaurant where you got that experience anymore? When's the last time you've done that? So I'm a believer that what's old, is new again. So my next venture is going to be an old school captain service, table side, make it an experience for the customer to feel that kind of old school way of hospitality. To me, um, I, you know, whether the rest of the world follows or not, I'd rather them not. <laughs> I want to have a place where, Wait, you know, well, I want to have. You won't people. have enough staff if everybody follows your idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so, so, so this will just be yours. You know? <laughs> but I want to go back. I want to go back to that real hospitality, that real experiential feeling when you walk into a restaurant. You know, to me, to me. Uh, I'm 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 not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of feeling a a an environment that feels sterile. I want it. I want it to feel fun and organic. I want it to feel like it's a uh, uh, some an, an experience. So I uh, I I, yeah. I personally think that what's all you know what's been old is going to be new again, and I believe there's going to be a time for that. And um, uh, that's my thought and that's my wish. I, I love it, Tom. Tom, you're gonna be you're gonna be my dad's you're gonna be my dad's favorite guest. Yeah, this guest. is nice. Wants, I like it. He he wants he likes old school. He, sign him up. He's ready to show up. Listen, thanks for that. And I love it. And I and I'm you know Jimmy and I are firm believers. There's no nobody likes to sit in a restaurant for four hours like Shats, you know, and Jimmy and just you know just having people just pour the drinks, pour the wine, bring the food, and let's just hang out and enjoy. I love it. Uh, Tom, we're going to the best segment of the entire uh, podcast. It's a branded quick fire. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. I want you to answer. First thing comes into mind. Are you ready for the for the quick fire? Let's do it. All right. This is very apropos for you. Favorite casino game? Craps. Hands oh, down. dude, I was going to say craps. I love craps. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Where are you getting dinner from tonight, Tom? Uh Great question. It's going to be Greek, though. I love Greek food. It's going to. There's a place. Yeah, a Greek. A, a, a good. Uh, a good Greek. Uh, love the Greek rice. Love uh, all of. I, I'm a Greek fan, so it's going to be something easy, something Greek and Greek. What's your favorite food city in the world? Athens, New York City. No question, hands down. What happened? To, I thought you were going to go right to Athens on that. You you, you threw me. <laughs> When tra when travel resumes to complete normalcy, 
Where's the first place you want to go? Um, I've been traveling a lot. It hasn't stopped me much. I haven't gone overseas. However, I want to go to Rome. I'm an Italian, oh, first-generation yeah. Italian, never been to Rome, have to go to Rome. Yeah, I think Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy's yearning, yearning for an Italian uh, Riviera trip, I think. Yearning. Uh, if you were a contestant on Supermarket Sweep, one of my favorite shows, who would you choose as a partner, me or Jimmy? Well, I have to tell you guys, from what I've experienced, I think I'm going to have to say this. Uh-oh. Where's Julie? <laughs> so it's, we're getting a, it's, it's, it's our just, producer. It's a special answer. <laughs> well played. I like Julie. I want to deal with Julie. Holy moly. Well played. Julie. Well played. Never happened. Wow. All right. Look at that. Well played. Big shout out to our producer, Julie. And I don't know what's going on with Tom and Julie, but clearly uh, that's who uh, she is. He's choosing for Supermarket Sweet, Jimmy. So you and I are both out on this. Tom is a Casey veteran. And while he knows that you and I are the heads of this podcast and the heads of this firm, he also knows Julie's the neck. And he's pulling the strings, right? And the neck neck is what turns the head, baby. All right, Tom, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing your great insights. Uh, We appreciate the hard work you do supporting the industry we love, not just during this time of the pandemic, but but always. Um, If you want to get in touch with Tom directly, you can email us at the podcast. I got to sell, uh, Jimmy. Wait, let me get it. Hang on. You'll give a sell? I don't know. Yeah. Give a sell. Podcast at Branch. I got it right here. 973. 973- Five 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 five. No, we'd be happy to connect you uh, with Tom. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the episode that we had a fantastic offer for our listeners. Oh, this um, is big, Jimmy. And and look, here we go. We want to share the exciting news that Branded um, is uh, a key sponsor at FS Tech's. Um, uh, event that I'm sorry, Winsights uh, event FS Tech in Dallas, September 12th to the 14th. Uh, we're going out there. We're bringing the team. Uh, we want to see you there. So we're offering uh, free registration for any restaurant operator that's listening today. Um, it's free. Come on our tab. Uh, we're big shots now. We're we're cutting a check and we're and we're bringing our friends to take advantage of this offer. Uh, please email us again at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. Restaurant operators, if you'd like to come out to this tech uh, this tech show, uh, we think it's going to be a great one. Branded's the sponsor of the uh, Innovation Alley. Hey, Jimmy, you know, hotel operators, it's really anybody touching F&B can go to FS Tech and learn something. Stadium operators, hotel operators. Chachi's just expanded the eligible, the, those eligible, anyone operating an yeah. F&B venue. How about airports? How about airports? Yeah, airport concession, sure, man. Concession, all right. Aramark, OTG, bring them out. If you, if you sell or serve food and beverage for a living, come on out on our tab. Let yeah, us know. Yeah, everyone right. come. Everyone, everyone's coming. All right, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact that you choose to hang out with us is something we really appreciate uh, and value. Uh, join us next week as we welcome our guest, uh, Marty Hanfeld, CCO at Olo. Marty, what's CCO stand for, Jimmy? That's a great question because I would go chief compliance officer, but it could also be chief customer officer at Olo. Yeah, I think like um, we're chief communication officer. Is that a thing? Chief communication officer. I don't know yeah, what I, that we, is. We, I probably should have known that before I used the acronym and, and been able to articulate but, it. But I got to tell you, the thing about the CCO, it sounds impressive. Oh, so I feel it. It's a, yeah, what? You know, coming from my securities background, I think the chief compliance officer is incorrect. And I think in this world of of, of marketing and technology, it's chief 
customer officer. Uh-huh. Marty Hanfeld, chief customer officer at Olo. Olo, that's a small company. Do you think they got a chance yet? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, they went public at like it's like two or three trillion dollars. It was it's craziness, craziness. We're very happy about that. Uh, Noah's a good friend and Ola was a good friend of branded. So we're very excited. And Jimmy, just I just wanted to, you know, Tom uh, pulled me aside quietly and privately before the podcast to let me know a special offer that he wanted to personally give to our listeners that that's how excited Tom was, to be honest. The first 100 callers or email us. If you email us, Tom has graciously given $100 gift cards to Sugar Factory, any sugar factory of your choice, to go and get uh, drinks and dinner and everything, tip, tax included, everything included. No cost to you. You just have to email us at first 100 uh, emails or phone calls. So I'm very – so, Tom, thank you for that. That's awesome. And I think our listeners – I think you may have misread Tom's email. He said 100 packs of Domino's Sugar. He would give the first hundred callers each a pack of Domino's. Well, that's something. It's something, something. you know, something. something. He's giving something away. And I got to tell you, I'm appreciative. My pleasure. Thanks for writing that check. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't done so already, please subscribe uh, to our podcast. You don't miss out on exciting guests uh, we'll have coming up in the future. And better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off, thanking Tom, and passing to my boy, Shatsy. And this is Shatsy, a.k.a. the restaurant guy, hospitality hangout. Thanks, everybody, and thank you, Tom Racine, our guest. Can't wait to hang out and have some uh, whiskey with you, Tom. Thanks for your time. It was fun. Uh, Always good seeing you. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody.